Welcome to the Stripped Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, from hello to so long, from raisin to tiny little song, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. Oh, thank heaven, this guy's named Evan. Holy shit. <laughs> you blindsided me, you piece of shit. <laughs> I thought it would be fun to switch it up on you a little bit. Uh, sick. Holy! What rhymes with fucking sake? Holy cake! This guy's cake. Er, this guy's namesake. I mean, we both need catchphrases Ooh. or something. Yeah, we do. Cause I'm tired of doing musical references in the intro. Yeah. So Zumba. Oh, okay. So uh, you'll start with Zumba. It's me, Evan. <laughs> Zumba. And then I'll say Bazinga. <laughs> oh, we can't do the same thing. You have to have a. You have to have something to, to counter. Bazinga is on brand for BNL. They yeah. did the big band, big band theme song, the big bang thank you. The big band thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so we got to come up with catchphrases? Yeah. Uh, okay. I like Zumba for me. Okay. For me, I'm going to say, uh, what a maroon. <laughs> what a maroon. Oh, yeah, I have to sort of be on brand for Bare Naked Ladies, so I'm no, going to scrap fine. Zumba. <laughs> I have to come up with a good one. Uh, I'm going to go, oh, oh, maybe you should drive. <laughs> <laughs> He's tugging at his collar and adjusting his necktie over and over again. That's right. He's morphed so, into Rodney Dangerfield. So let's, let's try that. Let's try that. Okay, okay so. here we go. Ready. It's been. It's been. It's been. It's been. From Hello to So Long, from Raisin to Tiny Little Song. Little Tiny Song. Fuck. We're It's All Been Done, the podcast. What was my... What a maroon! Uh, ye, I'm sick. Maybe we, you should drive. Are we cross-talking? Yeah. Welcome to cross-talk. Welcome to cross-talk. Welcome to... We, That's we great have to say it together. Welcome what a baby to I can find you on. It's the worst. we can't say the same thing. The worst uh, NPR podcast. Our listeners, this our is listeners is the greatest. I, I, I love it so much. much. It's a... <laughs> Boy, this episode is starting nonsensical, yeah. and I can't imagine it'll go anywhere that's... Which will be waiting for me. I will be waiting for you. I'll tell you what. I'm waiting for... <laughs> nope, no segue there. I was exploring... I don't know if you know about... I don't know if it's a secret club, but the BNL HTTP, which is a <gasps> secret archive mm-hmm. of a bunch of BNL rarities. We were clued into it by friend and fellow podcaster Tracy, uh, the trouble with him. Uh, and, uh, it, it's very, I watched, what's, I was, what's the trouble with him? Uh, is he never seems to do what he is told. <laughs> I don't know. I'm referencing the trouble with Tracy, that terrible uh, BNL song that I put out of my resequencing. You said it was lovely. Hey, we never got, I do like it a lot. We never got any, uh, any feedback about our resequencing and it could be because there's only four people listening to the podcast. I, I, I'd, I'd say that. But I'd like for somebody to tell me that I'm right. That's all I've ever wanted in life is for people to validate me. <laughs> Well, you're not going to get it here. Oh, not, not on this podcast. Yeah, I know. No validation. I am withholding, to say the least. <laughs> so you are. I, that's what I like about you, though. I always feel like there's a challenge. You? There's a nut to crack. You know what? I think I'm done here. Really? Yeah, I'm done with this podcast. No, you got to stay, buddy. <laughs> See, this is my challenge. Make it worth my while. Uh, I like your shirt. Oh, okay. <laughs> so make it worth your while? Yeah, I guess. I'll stick around for a couple more minutes. Great. But I'm going to need to be, I'm going to need another one coming up soon. I, I'm not surprised that you want to go home. You've been deathly ill this weekend. Yep. Yep. My partner and I had a delightful adult weekend planned. You know, so some wine, our favorite show, Supernatural, uh-huh. you know, some adult time. And then today we were going to hang out and do this podcast mm-hmm. and then go to a delightful sushi restaurant. It's going to be great. With my good buddy Saker and his partner, Allison. Uh-huh. And then my son decided to... <laughs> summon a demon in my stomach <laughs> so you've been you told me that you were laying on the ground face down was, for four hours I was face down on the ground yesterday for four hours that and sounds fun my partner was faced is currently in a fetal position on the couch that's fun nope okay <laughs> it's the our, opposite at the very least can he watch some tv yes we did we ended the... up watching the whole entire first season of bob's burgers last wow, night wow that's impressive i tried watching bob's burgers and i couldn't we we tried the same thing uh we got like four or five episodes in uh back in the day and yeah we just it didn't grab us but this time we watched, we watched it it wasn't bad really yeah it was i mean it was good sick food yeah but you were saying about the htp for oh there's all sorts of i was watching I watched uh, their ep- appearance on Space Coast Coast to Coast, which is very cringeworthy. It's a very it's Stephen Ed being uh, like twenty five years old and very very strange. Is uh, it the one where they're like they they'll say something or like there's like lag between what they say? I always remember that from Space Coast Coast to Coast, where they they'd have a guest on like a live guest, yeah. and then Space Ghost or Brack or 
Zorax would say something and it'd be like a lag and then the person would respond. Oh, no, I don't <laughs> think so. Do you know how they conducted those interviews? No. They had a man in a space ghost costume actually uh-huh. interview the characters and then they would cut his questions entirely and then resequence the answers to the interview and just like write a script around what would be funny questions well, or scenarios for these answers. That's much better. We should do that on this podcast whenever we have a guest on. We had discussed doing it with Jesse. <laughs> we decided eventually not to. Well, here's the thing. Neither of us are ever going to be podcasting gurus. Right. So Hey, this could be the next big hit. Okay. <laughs> hey, maybe you should draw. So maybe <laughs> that's my catchphrase, you son Shit. of a bitch. What a maroon. What a maroon. <laughs> Saker. <laughs> but yeah, I mean we could we could do that. We could just record a bunch of interviews, like a dozen, a dozen, two dozen, right. and then just release them like that. Yeah. All I'm, fucked up. I'm down with that. And then everyone on the podcast would burn all of our bridges <laughs> before we even had had bridges to burn. We need to record like 10 or 12 interviews so we have a whole season so that oh, yeah. nobody can figure it out beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. And then we'll switch to a different media. We can get like <laughs> Z-list actors on. What what media would give us Z-list actors to be on? I guess Space Ghost because we'd yeah, have to probably, film a, a William Street, uh, yeah, sort yeah. of. You could be on Adult Swim. We could do that. But there's all sorts of fun. I was watching uh, the Barenaked Ladies Gain commercial, <laughs> which is on there, which they is just, a delight. They just couldn't. They were they were kind of the it thing though. For, they were for that for those brief but couple years. This was even after Steve left. They recorded oh, yeah? this commercial. It's if I gained a million dollars. Evan is closing his eyes very slowly, as if falling asleep, (laughs) as if lulled to sleep by a gain commercial. Uh, Yeah, where people are telling what they... Oh, you know, oh, our gain customers, uh, here's the things they wouldn't give up for a million dollars. I love your Canadian accent. <laughs> it's very Minnesota. I, I feel like I used to be able to do a good Canadian accent, which I guess Canadian accents sound just like we're talking now because yes. they talk just like <laughs> yes. everyone else. Right. I, I mean, I, I don't want to normalize or denormalize any accents or anything and be regionalist here, but did you know that the... Um, like the standard dialect, like the media dialect, uh-huh. the uh, Midwestern dialect is, yeah. is the Midwestern dialect. So we talk... We talk good, normal American. Yes. I believe specifically like Akron. I think it was like Akron, Columbus area. Yeah, I think so. So we talk normal. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone else talks. At least according to the media, like all the all them bad boys talk dumb dumb. (laughs) We talk normie. We talk good good. (laughs) Oh, the one good thing about being from the Midwest, I could get a newscasting job like that. Everyone can understand what we're saying. Yes, it is true, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, I believe so. And (laughs) Yes and it's also true. Great. Your improv sense is honed, finally. That's right. I'm going to go to A to Z. All right, you ready? Okay, here we go. A to C. So, no, A to Z. Midwestern accent. <laughs> go through the entire this is You're playing one week. You're B playing Columbus. Our, our real segment. C is uh, uh, Dirty Frank's A Hot Dog Palace. A is D is hot dogs. Amazing. Like Thelonious Monk. Oh, that's oh, next, next week. week. Nice try. Your teaser, teaser, teaser. A bit. Uh, speaking of. I got to Z. Oh, you did? Z is maple leaf. You went from Canada to maple leaf? I went from Midwest. Midwestern accent to maple leaf. Okay. That is the deepest cut you could ever get. I don't know the reference. You won't. Great. You if anybody to... gets that reference. <laughs> it's, it's 25 jumps. It's 25 degrees. <laughs> Hashtag, I get it, Evan. <laughs> That's right. I want to see, I get it, Evan, trending. <laughs> I want people to tell me that they understand what the fuck you're talking about. Well, That's somebody out there. I, I will give a free euro i will mail a euro to anyone who can are you saying e-u-r-o or g-y-r-o you know that remains to be seen <laughs> you might get a sloppy package or you might get a doubloon they've got those like euro kits you can order where you can get the euros and like it comes with like frozen meat and what? then the stuff you can get those it is not hard to make a euro or go no. buy a euro no, yeah i know <laughs> okay. i know exactly I, yes yes i know <laughs> I'm well aware of that. This is real weird. But you can't get euros like they make them in Jeru- Italy. Jerusalem. <laughs> hey! In Sicily. In Sicily. I am making a Palernio euro. <laughs> we are making a joke uh, <laughs> on a big map that Saker has on his wall because his partner is Italian. So they have a big Italy map on their wall. Uh-huh. And, and it's, it's the, made in the, China. All the cities are misspelled. <laughs> yes. Everything is Sicily and Palernio. Palerno. Romeo. Uh, um... So, oh, but what I was saying is the Holy Grail is on there. Something that you brought up to me that I didn't even know existed. A little show called Ed's Up, which yes. is, you want to explain Ed's Up for our listeners? I want to you to explain it, and then I want to make fun of you while Great. you're doing it. <laughs> so it's Ed Rogerson. That's dumb way. You're dumb. 
<laughs> it's Ed from the Bare Ladies, and uh, every week he tries. He gets a wish. He gets a wish, <laughs> and most of his wishes and every are every time he bucks it up. <laughs> they're for the movie Up, which is very <laughs> weird. By the end, by season three, he has thirty copies. It's very strange. <laughs> I know he tries a new job in every episode. So episode one, the one I I kind of I tabbed around a little bit, I scrubbed around was. Him trying to be a cowboy and trying to be a welder. Oh, God. <laughs> it so seems... it's like Dirty Jobs, but with Ed. Like, yeah. that just seems so endearing. It's, uh, from from the moments I watched, which granted weren't many, it seemed unfun and weird, but it's three seasons. I challenge you to well, watch all of it next Tokyo me. Tuesday, we're going to watch six episodes of Ed's Up. <laughs> That's not from Tokyo. Well, put the Japanese subs on it. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Speaking of Japanese subs, let's get to this week's song. <laughs> I believe a Japanese sub, speaking of, is a Euro, right? <laughs> Isn't that where they're from? <laughs> Okie dokie. This week's song is called You Will Be Waiting. And if you've never heard it before, here's a little clipperoony. We walk together through the autumn, nearing winter through the dying leaves and trees. We call our home and native land. You say you don't believe a thing I say. I say you don't believe a thing. Okay, so Evbo, what'd you think of You Will Be Waiting? Give me a very quick thought. Here we go again. <laughs> About the narrator? about everything i'm so tired of steve he's great he's a great guy he's fun i'm sure he's lovely he has one fucking voice just one and it's i'm a bad guy <laughs> jesus criminy did you feel this is that what you're referencing here yeah i was i was pretty uh yeah i was pretty tired i mean i here's the thing i can't even the songs I did, I didn't wasn't big a big fan of You'll Be Waiting. Right. But even not liking it, God, Steve and Ed are just or just Steve in this case is so good at hooks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I can't even not liking the song, I was still singing the <sighs> fucking hook again and again and again. It's great. Yes. I know. But I know you will be waiting. Oh, I know you will be waiting. Oh, I know you will be waiting, waiting there for me. He's just so talented at it. Yeah. So he could just like, <laughs> he could just sing a bunch of gibberish and then put like a, a really cool, like catchy chorus. And yes. then that's it. It's the chorus is very like Western sitting on my horse, like boom, 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 like, but it's really, really catchy. Yeah. Even though it's, it is, I believe, and you complained about this with, uh, blame it on me, but it's the same five words repeated over and over again, every chorus. Yeah. Yeah. But again, just like blame it on me. I got it stuck in my head. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like with good, they're good songs. Right. Like, I love it. I love it. But even like they're bad, like even from Gordon, I still have a uh, fucking grade nine stuck in my head. And that really? was one of my least favorite songs. I still have box set. <sighs> I hope you enjoy my new box set. Doom, still... doom, doom, doom. God, Damn. that song is good. <laughs> but I am starting to see like a sharp divide between the songs that Steve writes and the songs that both Steve and Ed write. Now, it's funny that you should say that because... Is it? Oh, my God. It's so funny. <laughs> You're laughing I'm going to laugh and I can't wait. Why is it so funny, Saker? Uh, I think it's funny because I believe I've said before that Ed is the country boy. Ed is the bumpkin. And, uh, you know, we just had these apples, which is a very kind of twangy... I thought they all grew up in the same area. Well, but I'm saying Ed's, Ed's music. Ed's musical taste seems to be swayed huh. more country than Steve. And I talked okay. about it on the These Apples episodes with Jared. These uh, apples. Where, where, you know, that's a more country song. And I noted that later BNL is kind of trends more country too. And I wondered if mm -hmm. that's because of the exclusion of Steve. But this song, we see Steve diving right into the, yep. the cowboy music. The, uh, the intro, just the first like chords, it sounded like an Indigo's Girl song to me. I wonder. Okay. Especially, specifically closer to fine. Like if you put them side by side with, 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 with there's like one like the melody running through is slightly different okay closer to fine but it sounded like that to me i'm gonna put closer to fine in right here i'm trying to tell you something about my life 
closer <laughs> I am. Oh God, that's such a good song. Oh, is that? I, I've never heard it before. It's closer <laughs> I am. To it's their, it's their, it's one of their big hits. But yeah, I love, I love the Indigo Girls. Yeah. Um, ironically and unapologetically. I. Can we just do an Indigo Girls podcast? Can't. <laughs> no. Well, I, so we can only do podcasts with people with female in the title. Bare ladies, Indigo Girls, Designing Women. <laughs> we should do a Designing Women, a Delta Burke podcast. Oh my gosh, that would have even less. <laughs> appeal than the one we're doing right now what delta um, i'm sure there's a pun with delta burke or it's like burke talk burke chirp delta twerk delta twerk but like what's the name of the designing women podcast i don't know uh, i don't think i've ever actually seen designing uh, women oh okay it's about worst. women who are designers well that's good yeah i'm glad to hear that you know what podcast what... we could do that i think already exists that i think actually we talked about doing before we talked about doing very good ladies mm-hmm. is the golden girls podcast oh my god i think that would have been so much fun yeah. and fantastic, but oh, it already yeah. exists. Then again, there's already a Barry podcast, podcast yes. that exists that we did not did, give a it shit. It did not stop us, and it will never stop us. <laughs> no, because we did no research for some reason for Barry Good. I guess we just assume that nobody likes Barry Good Ladies enough. Which isn't true. No, people... The people who really like Bare Naked Ladies hate our podcast. One star, my friend. <laughs> One star. I'm just kidding. I know there are at least three of you out there who like the Bare Naked Ladies and our podcast because you've told me. Yeah, oh. I keep a tally. No, very I sweet. Your, I write your names down in a little notebook I keep next to my heart. <laughs> that also, uh, it says on the top of it, hit list. And I know. For some reason. When you die. Yeah, hit list. Like a set. Like all the good hit Yeah, li- these are the hits. These are the hits. And uh, I know when you die, when I die, you'll be waiting for me. Back to the song. Well, let's, yeah, let me talk about the intro a little bit. As soon as I heard it, uh-huh. I, I knew that they, they, they this album has some good sequencing because our first three songs were kind of high energy. This is our downer. We're dipping Wait, a little bit. I, we I, had, we I had, thought the opposite. Jane was not high energy. Jane wasn't? I didn't think so. It's a pop song, but this In, was inter, like... Intermambly? Uh, I thought intermittently was very like fun. I, but, it's, I, it's like a lounge song, but this one you knew was going to be a shambling ballad. Like it was going <laughs> to just be death incarnate. Like... I felt like this was going to be A zombie slow. ballad. Yes. Oh, let's do the Cranberries cast. Oh, she just died, though. Oh, we Sad can't story. do the cast now. What are you saying, you piece of shit? Um, okay, so, uh, I mean, yeah, you didn't think this was a, a relatively mellow song? I thought this was a mellow song, and I also thought, the fir- apart from Them I Apples, see. I thought that the first three tracks were pretty, s- not not slow, but also kind of mellow. Yeah, maybe on the lighter side of pop. I guess mm-hmm. I could see that. But this one doesn't sound like anything that you would ever hear on the radio no. or... Yeah, yeah. And I mean that in the best possible way. Yeah, this song starts... It started weird for me because I like their higher energy stuff more. I mean, I don't mind their ballads. Mm-hmm. But... Um, and then the first line of this is... Uh, As we walk together through the autumn nearing winter. And I'm going to put it in right here. You can hear it. As we walk together through the autumn... Nearing winter through And you can hear him. He says, as we walk together through the autumn near... <laughs> like, he crams that word autumn in when fall would have done just fine. Yeah, but autumn is such a such a much more beautiful word. Uh, I... You're speaking to a guy who, if, if I had had a girl <laughs> as opposed to a boy, her name would have been Autumn. Or the name I give her. She would can it? pick any name she wants or he wants later on. But I, I would at the moment, I would have, it would have been Autumn. Autumn's such a beautiful name. It's also my favorite season. I mean, Autumn in the Midwest, and specifically the Eastern Midwest, Ohio, is basically the best season. Mm, I, get, mm. I think it's... I'm a summer boy. I've always been a summer oh, boy. God, it's so hot and muggy. Ooh, I love it. Ooh, I can always take off more clothes, but I can't always <laughs> put them on. <laughs> I can peel my skin if I need to. No, I love walking into... When you get into an air-conditioned room after you've been outside... The sense of relief just wa- oh, feels oh, so no. fucking I'm a sweater good. boy. I like mm. I like to get a little little high neck sweater, like one of those little zip up sweaters. Oh. I like zip up all the little Ooh. turtleneck. Ooh. I have my jeans, Ooh. my comfy jeans. Hate it. Oh man, I look, no. like one scarf, like just a oh. scarf. Oh, gosh. oh, I love going out on the toasty. road and sliding back and forth, and the other drivers hitting me and killing me. In autumn? <laughs> no, in winter. <laughs> it's true. Wait, why did I think you're arguing for winter for a second? I mean, winter's like my second favorite season. <laughs> oh, but fuck winter. Autumn's fine. As a teacher, autumn makes me think of school. Oh, so you have negative associations. Autumn have... makes me think of Halloween. Halloween, your favorite holiday. Oh, indeed. C H A. I do. I do. I, uh, I eat uh, challah bread. Holiday. <laughs> Halloween. I can't uh, believe no one's ever done that. Like a Jewish Halloween. Like it seems like some of those like a uh, like something like Seinfeld would have done yeah, instead of Halloween. like Festivus, like Halloween. <laughs> I feel like that's. We need to have a special Halloween episode <laughs> so, of this cast. Would that be? 
Well, they have a bunch of holiday songs, <laughs> the Vernicke ladies. I wonder if they've done a Jewish, uh, like some sort of... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, song. I, like I bet it's Vernicke for the holidays has some sort of... We'll do that for the holiday they episode. They have to have done so. <laughs> I really like that for the Halloween <laughs> episode. We'll do a, a, a Hanuk- Hanukkah song. Um, yeah. Uh, he also... Okay, so Steve does it again with... Um, he says uh, the line is... Um, Bibbidi bobbidi boo. He says, and though you say it's not supposed to be me or any entity, he says, though it's not supposed to be me or any entity. <laughs> though you say it's not supposed to be me or any entity, still through the flames. I feel like he wrote, he wrote a poem and then he tried to, like, mm, this sort of fits the meter of this song. It's very, it's a bummer to me because I feel like he. These, it is beautiful. I think autumn is more beautiful than fall. I like the, the 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 phrase, you know, me or any entity. I think it's got some interesting internal rhyme, but it's just crammed. And as a rapsterer, <laughs> I feel like, you know, having that meter there is super important. I agree. Meter is very important. Yeah. And this okay. <laughs> you've convinced me. He should have said fall. Yeah. What a piece but autumn is just a beautiful shit. word. Yes. It's one of my is. favorite words in the. I think I really think they should have turned up like they Cregan's play the Cregan is playing like a double bass. Yeah. But they should have given him an electric bass and they should have really, really leaned into the country more. Yes. Turn that shit up in the mix. Like I, agree. I can hear the bass in it, but I want to hear like gong 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 boom 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 What did they put a jug on a wash a washboard? Oh my god! That thought tickles me. <laughs> the be- oh, that- what about the country bear, country bear jamboree, country bear naked lady? <laughs> god damn it, that's so good. So yeah, I uh, think they should. I think they should have turned the bass up in the mix. Yeah, I, I think agree. they would have. And I mean, I liked the Cregan tinkling away on the piano it was pretty cool too. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of that's sort of his bag though. It's just like yes. sort of ephemeral music stylings yes. that are sort of tangentially related to yeah. the actual song so he's I, just kind of playing arpeggios and you right. know tinkling around in the same key you know, exploring a little right. bit so yeah waiting there for me He's got. He does some great stuff on this album, um, Andy specifically. Uh, but uh, I call them both the Cregan. The Cregan. <laughs> but um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about that when we get to it. Hey, speaking of autumn, I wanted to know what you thought. I wondered if autumn uh, and and winter were you know like were kind of like metaphorical of their relationship. Like as we walk through the autumn nearing winter, oh, I can't believe they wouldn't be. Okay, <laughs> well I don't know because sometimes they seem to be pretty straightforward. But then I mean the next line it seems to be like you know through the dying leaves and trees we call our home and native land. Mm-hmm. Like perhaps some sort of uh, you know a more a more straightforward uh, <laughs> a more straightforward definition of of autumn. I don't know. What did you you thought it was a yeah I thought I mean that's it's clearly a metaphor like I can't think that it wouldn't be like why would you <laughs> so they're in the they're in the autumn of their relationship nearing sure. nearing the winter of their relationship and, okay all right you know. what about if it, their ages oh what if they're in the autumn of their lives approaching the winter of their yikes that's a or it's another autumn winter relationship like mm-hmm. in these apples and in uh, Enid possibly <laughs> your Enid take is still rough for me. But what if they're what if they're really like th- in their sixties, approaching their seventies or eighties, and they're like just finding out now, like, boy, uh, we're not really meant for each other. Yeah. Why did we stay together? Why did we do this? Well, they're they're if yeah, that puts a whole new spin on it for me because people who married in like so they would have been married or in the relationship for a long time. Or okay, are we assuming they've been in a relationship for a long time? I think we kind of have to, okay. yeah. So that means they got married so back in like the 70s or 60s or something like that. Right. When you didn't necessarily marry just for love. Sure. So so there's – I was reading a really interesting – I wish I had – it was on the notes for another song. We never okay. got to it. <laughs> okay. So I don't have the actual <laughs> article or anything like that, but I'll try and find them and put them in the show notes. Okay. Um, about how marriage has changed over – over the last couple last century even, okay where back in the 1900s and the you know i say 1900s up through 1999 but like like back in the previous century you married sort of for like uh safety okay and like support okay so you got married to somebody just you know so you could be part of their family and you know they would take care of you essentially and i'm talking from the woman's perspective right and thankfully we've had a lot of progress since then and then the 60s or 70s you married god um, i'm it's all falling apart in my head right now. Okay. 
but you married you married for sort of status and you married for again for sort of sort of this like this financial solvency because you still have this sort of homemaker model but as as women transitioned into the workplace and as uh our love model of marriage sort of flourished in american society now we marry not only for love but we expect a lot more out of our relationships oh that's what it was so you in 60s and 70s you marry for love Uh right so you marry someone you love but now in addition to marrying someone you love you expect them to make you a better person so you're looking for something in this relationship Boy. That, that they'll that you guys will play off each other and that you will both grow together as people. Sure. And so it's basically like a Maslow's hierarchy of needs where you're just sort of rising up this this like pyramid and to the point now where a good relationship is one that not only gives you love and affection, mm-hmm. but one that allows you and your partner to work towards becoming better people and better versions of yourself. That seems so. That, that's what our media and our, um, you know, our, our conception of marriage and even partnership sort of puts on that. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I feel like almost the opposite would have been important because now, or or would have been true because now that we have the internet, it's easier to find people who don't challenge you, who just Mm -hmm. agree with your worldview completely. So, so the, the, the idea of pushing you towards being a better person seems less likely for me now than it did then. Um, but I don't know. That's interesting. What an interesting study. Yeah. Sorry. I'll I'll have to find it and then put it in the show. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot it to me. I'll put it in the show notes. You got it. Um, this is a boring song. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's just go back to the song. Uh, Is this song a fucking snoozer? I thought the chorus was catchy, and aside from that, it's like the definition of a deep cut. Like as soon yeah. you came over, you said, I listened to this song yesterday. What does it sound like again? <laughs> like I had to play it for you before we did I the show. I a lot yesterday, but it's also very sick yesterday. So That's true. imagine me, listeners, if you will, <laughs> just face down on a couch uh-huh. wearing a bathrobe shivering yeah because i have the chills and then just this song playing on repeat yeah over and over again i think that's that's got to be a circle of hell right uh, i think uh, one so. of the one of the lower ones like that's one of the 2.5 or yeah, something you're just like, yeah. you're like oh this isn't great but you know i'm not it could be worse right, right no right. one's like whipping me or i'm not on fire or anything um hell doesn't exist by the way oh okay very good um yeah like i, I feel like this disappeared like and, and and even i went on setlist.fm just to mm-hmm. see how often they played this since 1993 According to setlist.fm, they've played this song 10 times. So clearly wow. for them, it's also not like a... Like, I think this song is just a nothing. Like, mm-hmm. well, maybe it might be good. We'll throw it on the album. And then the album came out and they're like, eh, What was interesting work. to me sort of was this this sort of hit upon the same general note as these apples. Like, it's a relationship that's sort of falling apart for reasons... Next week's song. In, internal... Oh, not these apples. We already did these apples. Oopsie! <laughs> Go ahead. So yeah, it's a relationship falling apart for reasons internal to the relationship. It's not like external pressure. It's like it's these people are just not quite right for each other. Right. So but and it was fun to sort of juxtapose Ed's view of that versus sure. Steve's view of that. Yes. And so I was wondering like do you think this which of those relationships would you rather be in and do you, which of them do you think is more cruel? I, I think without a doubt, Steve is more cruel because he doesn't even have a, we don't have a glimpse of his humanity until the end of this song <laughs> because this song is always like, I'm on a pedestal. I know I can do no wrong. No matter what I do, you'll be waiting there for me. Like, I I, I feel like it's like, you know, I can do anything and, and you'll be fine with it because I am the best. And near the end of the song, we do begin to see like, uh, you know, but I, but please say that you will be waiting there for me. Like we begin to see maybe his facade crumble a little I bit. I don't care if you'll be waiting. Please say that you will be waiting there for me. But I even then. I didn't get the whole like pedestal thing out of this oh song. boy did i it seems like it seems like so you so she says she can't li- i'm assuming it's a woman yeah so uh again so his partner says you can't live with me you need your own identity you hate my arrogance my smothering and sitting on the fence so but i know that you'll be waiting for me i'm she's lighting an effigy and it looks like him maybe but he he can't believe it like he says is that me and she says no and he's like no okay like, you know, you say it's not supposed to be me or any entity. Still through the flames I think and it's smoke, just, it's I think it's a woman trying to be free of a smothering relationship. Yes. And he is just not signing the divorce papers, Of course, is what, yeah. Is what, I'm, is what I'm getting out yes. of this. Which, so uh... I don't, uh think she, I don't think she likes him at all. What, what fucking song, was it from Gordon or this, where it was just like, uh, you know, uh, we're bad, 
but I don't feel like I can let you go because it's too hard. Was it intermittently, maybe? Intermembly. Yeah, Jesus. Boy, we're hitting it two songs later. Okay, so I'm sick. I'm really sick of, like, the dying relationship yeah, motif. Me so here's too. what I'm thinking. Why don't we just read all of these songs going forward as parent-child relationships? Because this one kind of works out that my it, it, along my... Uh, so it's a it's about a child who's wanting to be free, getting their own identity, Emancipation. and they're and they're going to college or something okay. like that, and their parent just can't let them go. Okay, can I give you a read? Please do. I've okay. got a million crazy reads, but yeah, we're going we're going deep in this okay, one. Okay, I, I think this song must be speculative about Avatar two. <gasps> do you think Avatar like? Like, the last Airbender 2? No, James Cameron's Avatar 2. Oh, with the red Navi. Oh, yeah. Oh, what? Oh, fuck it. Never mind. So, <laughs> clearly, you know, we have this this reference to Dying Leaves and Trees, which is the af- aftermath of Avatar 1, yep, yep, right? I get it. Uh, uh, through this place we call our home and native land. Just that phrasing sounds so alien. Yep. That's Jake. So, home and native land, that's him talking to uh, Natiri, right? Uh, I can't, uh, she says, you say... Uh, you say you can't believe how I don't understand. Like he has, he has to have simple cultural things explained to him, right? right? Yeah. Uh, now we air our laundry on national TV. Surely Jake is a massive figure. Now that the first Avatar movie is over. The first human to become permanently a Navi. And now if they're fighting, if their relationship is deteriorating, that's got to be. They've got to be a celebrity couple within the realm of the Navi, right? And probably humans too. Sure. Yeah. I'm afraid of the hard permanence of letting you go free. If they do break up, he can't go back home. Right. He's permanently in right. that body thanks to the world tree spirit whatever the fuck it was all right uh-huh. um i think this is speculatively about the, the the downfall of the relationship of natiri and jake from avatar 2 um oh yeah and also uh, you were always someone who would tell me things i don't know tell me where to go of course she has to he doesn't know anything he's a new he's a neophyte to this so culture. again again we're, we're speaking to steve stephen page as time traveler as a t- time traveler or maybe he's not a time traveler maybe he's just a prophet so maybe he can see the future. Oh, sh- you think he got a glimpse <laughs> of this blue-skinned woman? He's like, this song is going to blow up <laughs> when Avatar Two comes out. Yes. Um. Yeah. I think this is probably. And plus, you will be waiting. How long have we been waiting for Avatar Two? Yeah. I mean, the first one came out in what 2009. I, something i couldn't tell you neither could i i can barely i had to look up the plot of the movie <laughs> quite a bit i, I remember, forgot I all of it vaguely i remember unobtainium <laughs> okay yes as do i i remember those were weird mech suits that they were fighting in for sure yes i remember the world tree i remember floating <laughs> islands i remember it's I, basically like dances with wolves warmed over basically. yes uh it was uh Being pocahontas on. right i probably yeah i mean sort of the similar yeah all right what was your give me give me your crazy read mine was uh, avatar 2 i was thinking maybe like gandalf and saruman just prior to the war of the ring like <laughs> okay Sa- go ahead saruman is like ostensibly the head of the ishtari like <laughs> uh, uh, the ishtari by- are from avatar right mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're sent by the valar they're basically like angels to save the third age but saruman is like this like he's supposed to be in charge uh-huh. right but gandalf just like undermines him all the time mm-hmm. and just wants to be like he just needs his own identity so he's out smoking <laughs> pipe weed and stuff and saruman's just trying to be the good guy like right. trying to handle all this shit and gandalf is like squeaking chairs and shit <laughs> squeaking chairs yeah, so like they're when the Val- when the valar are putting them all together like they're like okay we need to send these angels to earth in the form of Maiar. okay and uh um which are the wizards in Lords of the Ring? Of course they are. Of course are. they are. <laughs> so uh, so Saruman has always been sort of grabby. So he's like, I'll, I'll be in charge. I'll do it, guys. Okay. I'll do it. He's like a, he's like a try hard. Sure, he's, sure. he's like a try too hard. He's just he's like, oh, I'll do it. I'll be, uh, pick me, pick me, pick me, please, please, please. And they're like, okay, you're being me a charge. And like halfway through the meeting, like a council meeting, like Gandalf like comes in. He's like, oh, excuse me, excuse me. Like, cool, bro. Like, yeah. like, just like squeaking chairs in the back of the council chamber and like sits down. They're like, they're like, oh, you can you can go too. And then when you send these twin blue wizards, they're going to go off and maybe kill a dragon. Right. I don't know. Uh, and then Radagast, who's also a dum-dum, but <laughs> he likes aminals. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Gandalf gets there, and Gandalf has always been sort of the golden boy. Okay. That's really, it's really shitty to play, like, to be in charge, but, like, one of your underlings is basically better than you in every way. <laughs> I mean, you're a more powerful sorcerer. You're smarter. You're wiser. Right. In theory. But so that's where that's where the seed of Saruman's jealousy comes in. But the, this song, right? <laughs> Following, right? So he can't he can't let it go. He can't let his his like uh, need to control Gandalf. Uh huh. And Gandalf wants to be free. Right? Wow. So again, but also in the end of days, after they're both destroyed, after the physical forms are destroyed, they're going to head back to the West. Right? Their souls are going to go back there because their souls are undestroyable. So they're going to head back, and they're going to see each other again. Uh huh. Well, will they will they understand each other's viewpoints then? You know, 
I couldn't tell you. Okay. I mean, we could make it more simple. It could be about uh, Frodo and no. Sam. <laughs> no, I liked Gandalf and Saruman. I know nothing Maybe about Lord of the Rings. Elrond and Isildur? I don't know. Okay. Uh, Harry Potter and Sirius Black? There it is. Okay, there <laughs> now we go. Now you hit upon okay. something that I okay. understand. So Harry Potter and Sirius Black. Uh-huh. How's, that, how's that work? So... So it's Harry Potter not wanting to let Sirius go uh-huh. because he's finally got his father figure. But right? he knows that in the end, when they cross the bridge to Valhalla, is that, where, is that where wizards go? Yes. I was mentioned in book six that wizards believe that Valhalla oh. is the, the spectral realm that they go. He visited Sirius in Valhalla, didn't he? I don't remember that. Mm. Oh, yes. And he visited <laughs> yeah. him and they ate a Ketchup. giant goat <laughs> oh, very good now you're getting there yeah what's hermember herman gerber herman gerber right the big the, the big, goat the big pig that they kill every night in valhalla yes and then eat it and then it materializes and they just kill it again <laughs> yes um so, yeah okay that's so what about this uh danny tanner and dj tanner Full House. You're just specifically the episode where DJ wants to go to Spain and Danny <laughs> will not let her because he's afraid. Tell me, tell me how this is different from your basic read of a parent-child relationship. Just because there's a specific episode of Full House where DJ wants to do a thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. No. Go ahead. Read it for me. Or is it that you're done? No, I was just trying to. I was just trying to. Yeah, yeah, up. yeah. Oh, that made sense to me. Sure, yeah, okay. yeah. Like a parent, so he, she wants to go to Spain. Danny won't let her, but you know she begs and pleads. She gets an A on her Spanish test, and uh, is this a real episode? Yeah, yeah. It's actually, it's actually. I think it's the season five. It's like a season finale, three. maybe. Why? Or close what? to a season Does DJ finale. die? No, it's going to Spain's a big deal for Full House, right? <laughs> oh, it was like filmed on location. No, no, I don't think so. Well, then Not what the? F- who cares? Well, it also was cut in with like I want to say John Stamos, Jesse, Uncle Jesse's yeah. character is like finally oh. getting his re- record contract. Oh. And there's like, there's, but there's a bunch of tomfoolery with that. Sure, sure. And well, then Stephanie doesn't want to share a room with Michelle anymore. Something like that. <laughs> Jesus. There's always something like, oh, <laughs> Michelle stole Stephanie's comb and then there's Uncle Joey is making trumpet noises in the back. <laughs> there were so many characters in Full House that they often had like a D and E plot. Like. Yeah. And then I guess uh, Jesse's wife uh, is angry about having to do the dishes. I don't think he's married in that episode yet. I don't, listen, I was, yes, and again. And then there's two, they're, they're twins or growing up big boys big boys um i watched a couple episodes of fuller house on netflix why why nostalgia man was it any good the first couple episodes were fine it's not a show i would watch by myself but i could see watching it with like a kid who you know to sort of recapture that moment that did you like full house as a kid i thought it was fine i I don't have any special affection for it it. really i don't remember i remember like five episodes but like I remember watching it and like Saved by the Bell and I, uh, Family Matters and uh, I liked it enough that uh, a couple years ago, maybe four or five years ago now, um, Uncle Joey, whose name is Samwise Gamgee, <laughs> Alanis Morissette's boyfriend, ex-boyfriend, yep, uh, whatever his name is, he came to uh, uh, Cleveland. He was uh, on a comedy Dave tour. Dave Coulier. Dave Coulier. Thank you. And uh, it was the most unfunny shit. Like he was doing like racist voices. <laughs> like the joke was like, oh, she didn't understand my order. And then he like spoke in a Chinese accent. <laughs> like I was like, oh, holy God. fuck. Well, like, I feel like you get as a comedian, you kind of get like into a rut sometimes. Oh, and that's for sure. Your style of comedy. And yeah. then once then once the popular consciousness moves on, you, yeah. you're either flagged as a racist or a sexist <laughs> or a homophobe because you know the popular. I thankfully I feel like the popular consciousness is getting more yes. liberal and more accepting yes i think that's and true so we're not cool with like i don't know rape jokes yeah right exactly yeah yeah thank god for that but yeah uh it was god like we watching uh, did you ever watch tosh.0 yes i remember tosh.0 I, I remember loving it and then we watched one episode where it was he's his joke was lightly touching women on the stomach with <laughs> okay. no explanation that was the joke and we were just like nope that's the end of this we're never watching that again <laughs> Like that's that's across the line for me, boy. <laughs> so you're allowed to do your comedy, uh, but I'm not going to patronize you. Did you ever watch? Um, it was on TBS. It was called um, Hispanics Are Hilarious. Oh Jesus! No, I just made that shit up. <laughs> Sorry. That was like Mind of Mencia, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it was called, Mind of Mencia. Ooh, I feel dirty after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Hey, how about uh, let's touch on some of those lyrics that? Uh, and now we air our laundry on national TV. Now we air our laundry on national TV. 
Is this about a celebrity couple? It has to be. Yeah, right? Do you think there's a specific celebrity couple? Uh, Ron Burgundy. And? And uh, Christina <laughs> Applegate's, Christina Applegate's character. character. Yeah, um, I don't remember her Rebecca name. Corningstone. Wow, you have a specific recall for a random fucking Will Ferrell movie. I fucking love Anchorman. Really? Yeah, okay. I love Anchorman, I love Anchorman 2, and I love Anchorman 1.5. I don't... I could not tell you a plot point from two. I remember oh, a lot of 1.5. That took place in the zoo mostly, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I can't recall any of it. Was there a zoo? I don't think so. Okay. What up? I mean, it's weird because San Diego is famous for its zoo. Yeah. Another city that's famous for its zoo is Columbus. We have the, well, I think it's our zoo is nationally ranked and might be close to the San Diego Zoo. I know the San Diego Zoo is better than ours. Columbus. That's what everyone says. Best accent. Best zoo. Uh, top. 10 zoos best poutine oh yeah <laughs> canadian listeners come down we're gonna serve you some poutine they're gonna knock your or putin i don't remember we we'll serve it. vladimir putin if we'll he comes putin poutine uh-huh oh putin poutine it's just poutine but we pour borscht on it <laughs> there it is that's right i like that cold tomato and then you poutine. take a slug of vodka after every bite oh and we make the fries out of potatoes we're adding <laughs> we're adding more and more to our menu for our food episode <laughs> yes oh that's right we have to eat that bnl um how about I-, I thought that the lyric and you were someone who would always tell me things i don't know and tell me where to go you were someone Tell me where to go. Was top first place in my placeholder lyrics Olympics. <laughs> like, you told me things that I didn't know and told me where to go. Like, could you get a tiny bit more specific, Stephen, about anything in that lyric? Like, it was the most boring, like, facile, like, you told me stuff. <laughs> like, what are you saying here? Well, yeah, I, I don't know. I think... I feel like there's a need. I know specificity is the soul of narrative, but when you generalize, you also generalize the experience. So I feel like all of us have been in a relationship with a bossy partner, right? At some point. Yes. So you can definitely, that that might resonate with you. Whereas it's like, you always told me to wash my socks and also (laughs) to trim my locks. Like, Sure, but I feel like when you generalize too far, what you end up with is... Do you remember the song, I Love College by Asher Roth? No. (laughs) He's basically just... Let me read you some of the lyrics. That party last night was awfully crazy. I wish we taped it. I danced my ass off, and this one girl was completely naked. Drink my beer and smoke my weed, but my good friends is all I need. Like, what's the college experience? alcohol instead of beer. Let me try. Drink my alcohol. Like, you end up with something that's so generic that it's like, yeah, we all went to college. What a good time. So here's a a cutback. uh Um, Would you rather grade nine were more or less specific? More. You want it to be super duper, (laughs) more specific than it is. I want it to be crazy specific. Sorry. So, yeah, I I feel like grade nine would be fun if it were more specific. Like, it was already crazy specific. I found my locker. It was 103. (laughs) But, I mean, you're already mentioning Wrath of Khan. You're already mentioning, why have uh, I walked up in front of Ed Robertson Memorial High School? Yeah, tell me that. That's great. I would love the specificity of that narrative. Uh, You wish it were... I went to a place and I did a thing. I'm not saying that. I was just... Lunch was food. <laughs> <laughs> edible, edible. Barely edible. Okay, I think we're onto something here. <laughs> edible, edible. We'll just barely. make a song that is so general that it could apply to anyone's experience ever. We need to write that. Don't you love when you get up in the morning I and do stuff? Breathe some air. <laughs> breathe some air. <laughs> Shit. I may like or may not have hair. Yes. I agree. I like it. It's we good. Any any anything remotely spe- specific in the song we can qualify. Yeah. I brushed my teeth. If I had, had any teeth, <laughs> maybe you don't, and that's okay. We can write it in second person. Okay, that's good. Second person, my most favorite narrative style. Ooh, I love that. I no, love I a choose your own adventure book. Hate, well, choose your own adventure, but like second person in general, I don't like. Uh oh, really? Yeah, where it's just you. You walk down a don't, hallway. Don't tell me what I'm doing. <laughs> you like, feel like they're bossing you around. I, I just, I just. I, I'm not saying it's a it's an immediate turnoff for me to okay. a story, but like it's a strike. Okay, just like present tense. I, okay. I'm not a fan of present tense. In, uh, so in, if I if I, <laughs> you are walking, you are walking down a hallway. Yeah, that would be that would be two strikes. Okay, like, it's not going to make me stop reading the story, but um, it's gonna, I'm putting that story on warning. Yeah, uh, interesting. Okay, 
Um, I had two more things. I wrote Please. down, uh, I love the piano bit at the end quite a lot. Leave me down. Yeah, and I liked the tempo change. Yeah, with the, the final, uh, yes, final stanza. Yeah, they change it up. I'm not sure if I would call it a bridge because it doesn't bridge to anything, but no. they certainly do change it up a bit, right? I did yeah. like, I liked that. Uh, and then I wrote that the last verse reminded me of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotted Mind. Spotless. Spotless mind. <laughs> yes. Uh, what did I write? I wrote spotless. Said spotted. That's okay. So I'd like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, but for, so. Picture this. Uh huh. Instead of like erasing bad relationships and things you regret, wouldn't you like to erase your memory of pizza so you can enjoy pizza oh, again for the first holy time? Holy shit. That's a great idea. Absolutely. Or like your favorite movie. It's gone. Then. But what if I watched it again and hated it? I know. That would be the. This, remember, we're telling a story here. Oh, so shit. So that, that would be the friction. The I should have written forward. something for that pizza anthology. <laughs> That's the perfect as a horror pizza story. No, yeah, you're right. I, I feel so like. Here, my question is would they remove just your. Me- like, they'd have to remove a bunch of ancillary memories. Like, anytime sure. anyone talked about pizza, yeah, yeah. Just be like, mmm, mmm, mmm. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like so much of my everything that I love is predicated on nostalgia that mm-hmm. I my life would be meaning. I would hate everything now because <laughs> it would just be like, uh, this doesn't mean meaningful to me anymore so this sucks uh, but you were saying the last line I, before i interrupted you and got you off track again what was i saying that the last line is like eternal sunshine of the spotted oh, the, the spotted last, mind uh the whole eternal sunshine of the spotted dick i don't know like you would always tell me where to go they're all like the whole montauk scene spoilies uh, i'll always go there whether or not you're waiting mm-hmm. uh but you know i don't care if you'll be waiting please see you'll be like they just had like this this understanding this connection which i know that this song doesn't have i think this song is one person thinking that you know uh, uh, he's he's a bigger guy. I know you don't agree with that. Then he actually is, but I don't know. That kind of gave me that that feel, that same impression, that same mouth feel. So where do you think they'll be? She or he will be waiting for him. Um, I see, and this is I think where we differ because I thought that he thinks that she'll, the relationship will always be waiting for him, ah. where he can he can go cheat on her or he yeah, can be a piece of shitty. shit, yeah. and then if he comes back, oh, she'll still be waiting there for me. But if we're doing like a autumn winter relationship. Then what if, obviously the Valhalla. Well, what if, yeah, what if she is dying? Yeah. What if she has cancer or something? I think if you read... But then then the you, rest of the song doesn't make sense. Like, I'm sick of fighting this effigy. You're like... like what, what? None of the rest of the song makes sense if you're reading it as like, you're dying. Although what's interesting, the only time... The only live video I could find on YouTube of this, mm-hmm. they were doing, in 2002, a live tribute to Peter Zowski who had died. He was a CBC reporter in Canada. And mm-hmm. I, I kind of got the feel that he was like Canada's like Carl Castle, basically. Okay. And so they did, you will be waiting, which is like, oh. now it kind of gives it a new feel. Like maybe it is about the afterlife. Maybe it is like some sort of, but it doesn't feel, I don't, it was just very yeah, confusing. It's, it's, it's hard to get a read on this song as opposed to what it actually is. Yeah. Just about yeah. A bad relationship breaking up again. Yeah. As always. I don't know. All right. What, what, anything else you got? I like soup. Perfect. <laughs> Great. Uh, Okie doke. Well, you know what? We'll come right back with more It's All Been Done momentarily. <laughs> hey, Evan. Yes, Aker. How's it going, buddy? Doing real, real good. I'm Wee- so excited. Woo, that's exciting. I see that you have your son on your lap. Dadia. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Dadia, who's his daddy? I'm his daddy. <gasps> Wait, I know you. You're from that podcast. What podcast are you talking about, Saker? It's all been done. A Bare Naked Ladies podcast. <gasps> what? Yeah. Hey, if you have a vague remembrance of the Bare Naked Ladies from the late 90s and early aughts, you're in good company. You can join friends Evan and Saker as they hazily stumble through every single Bare Naked Ladies song one week at a time from the first album to their last, driving themselves insane along the way. <laughs> Do you know anything about BNL? I do. I know so much more than when I started. That's probably more than they do. Whoa! (laughs) Hey, fuck off! (laughs) Strap in for pet theories about vampires, retirement homes, murders, and more. Hey, shut the fuck up, man! (laughs) Bullshit! You dumb fuck! (laughs) With It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast, check them out, along with all our other programs at iabdpresents.com. Oh, they said iambdpresents.com. Wait, did they get their own thing wrong or did I? You probably did. You had to have. Hold up. 
I-A-B-D. They said I-A-N-D. They screwed it up on our, their own my, copy. Uh, my son has been through this whole commercial throwing your toys into the trash. <laughs> I am a 33-year-old man with toys, so it's fine. You have fine. more toys than my son. I will allow it. He has this. a lot of toys. Here, take this. Uh, does your son want to say anything before this commercial's over? Say something, Luke. He's just going to grab the mic and throw it off Luke, the how do you feel about bare naked ladies? Can you say bare naked? Can you say ladies? Ladies. Lally. Pretty good. good. That was a real good little boy. Okay, and we're back. Uh, before we get into rating the song, we're going to spin the dial and talk about a little bonus segment uh, for this uh, song. So our bonus segment for this week is... I have learned. So, Jeez. I have learned. What lessons could be taken from the song you will be waiting? So, we've got to think about what sort of things could we have taken from this song? Evan, what do you think? What, what things could you take from this song? Well, um... Good question. <laughs> here's, here's my, here's my okay. thought. Um... If I'm asking someone a question, if I'm sure of something, mm -hmm. if I say, hey, that, that effigy is me, right? And they say, mm -hmm. no, it's not. You know what? Even if I feel like I'm right, I should believe them. There's no reason not to. This narrator's a shitty person. And even he believes his, presumably his partner, you, you know, he says, I recognize that face, but he doesn't say, hey, that's, he doesn't fight with them. So sometimes it's better well, to just... Maybe he does. It's just not in the song. <laughs> that is possible. <laughs> he seems like someone who would pick a fight. <laughs> he certainly does. So uh, my lesson from You'll Be Waiting is believe people. My lesson would be inertia is very powerful in a relationship. <laughs> and you should... If you're not happy with the person you're with... Again, we're going back to this, like, the, the marriage structure. You know, you need not only to be happy, but you need to yes. be growing. This, this is our 19th song we've done. And I, you've probably mentioned inertia in 10 of them. For good reason. Yeah, they're all relevant. <laughs> Every time. All relevant. I just love that you say the word inertia so much on this podcast. We should do a word cloud of this podcast. I'll bet you inertia is the big one in and the then, middle. Uh, inertia. <laughs> adding another one. Literally. Literally. Yes. Uh, yeah, so inertia is very powerful. That even as a father whose daughter is going to, wants to, to go Spain. to Spain, you should, like Danny Tanner... Let, let them go. Let them be free. No. And, but on the condition that they write you every week. <laughs> oh, is that what he did? Yeah. Like letters. Like human letters. That's really sweet. Like, I shouldn't say human, but like not email. <laughs> I don't think email existed back then. It might have. That was early. 90, early. yeah, 2, 3, I don't think yeah. so. ARPANET. I think they were both on ARPANET. <laughs> <laughs> they had access to the military. There's a lot of weird shit going on in Full House. Um, yeah, okay. I think that's good. We've kind of summed it up there. <laughs> Okay, and now we decide whether this song was bare naked or fully clothed. We're going to rate it on a scale. The more bare naked, the more naked this song is, the better it is. So, Evan, as usual, friend, we start with you. How did you feel about this song, bare naked or fully clothed? So, this song would be very close to fully clothed for me. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, uh, a steak, big old, like a big pole, like a 10, 20 feet tall steak, <laughs> and tied to it is a, like... A dummy, fully clothed dummy, <laughs> okay. mannequin of Stephen Page. <laughs> and I'm not in any way condoning any harm being done to Stephen Page. Jesus. But below that dummy is a big pile of sticks soaked in oil. Okay. And they light that effigy, and then his clothes burn off, uh -huh. and then he burns, to, he burns all up. Because okay. he's a mannequin. Just burns up. So it's, not, it's something that is fully clothed. It, was, it did not enjoy the song. That being said, I'm still going to remember the fucking sight of it burning down before me. <laughs> and I'm never going to be able to forget it. Uh, and also, you will also remember uh, the chorus to this song. Yes, that's what because, I mean. Yeah, okay. Oh, that was referential yeah, to the it'll, chorus. It'll stick in my head forever. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I get it. Uh, I think that this song is best described clothing-wise from its first lyric. As we stroll through autumn approaching winter. So okay, we have on, we have on the long sleeve shirt. We might have on a scarf. We have on long pants and shoes and hat. Yeah, a hat. Um, I don't, it's not abhorrent. It's yeah. not reprehensible. It's not wearing a parka. No, um, it has a light jacket on, mm -hmm. but boy, oh boy, there's little skin. We got face hands and it's about it, I guess. Um, this Breath is steaming in the air. Yes. This is not a good song. I think this is the first hit on this album. The, the first song on this album that is not a jam like even like intermittently was very la like i could jam mm -hmm. to that even though we weren't huge fans of it i liked it mm -hmm. i liked it i liked it enough to to say that uh, it was fun and these apples 
I mean, that was a fucking bop. Yep. Great song. That was a bop. Um, so this is, I think, where maybe You Should Drive starts to, begins to falter a little bit. Whether this falter will be permanent, we mm-hmm. shall see. But again, we're we're working in an album format, as always, as I always say. Yes. So you're allowed you're allowed to stutter step and to experiment. For sure. But I feel like they're doing a lot less experimentation on this album. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's been straightforward so yep. far. A lot of country, a lot of, uh, you know, folksy Ballads stuff, and, ballady. Yeah. 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 A lot of pop sensibility. Pip. Pip. Pop. A pippy to the pippy to the pip pip pop. <laughs> so now we move on to the segment called Bare Naked Male. Gum, wasn't that funny? <laughs> That's funny, gum. That's a good callback, bro. Uh, if you want to send us a piece of mail, you can send us mail at it's all been done podcast at gmail.com. Right now, we have a piece of mail from uh, Alex. And Alex wants to ask. Which bare naked lady would win in a death match? Oh, jeez. So we have, let's say, for the sake of argument, all six bare naked ladies. We drop them on a small island together. Okay, so we're doing like we're doing like battle royale, battle royale style. Oh, I was thinking, oh, like a cage match. Uh, ooh, we could what? do. Which would you prefer? Let's do battle royale style. Okay, so they're each like given a Hunger Games but, for but, your younger listeners. But let's say this: they all get equivalent equipment. They're not. It's not randomized. One doesn't get a sickle, and the other one gets a gun. Everybody's well, got. Should be, they should come out barehanded, and there should be equipment. All over the island. Oh, so very Hunger Gamesy. Yes. Okay. Is there a cornucopia? No. Okay. <laughs> Don't look at me like that. No, that's idiotic. <laughs> and there's no dogs with the faces of their fans either. <laughs> the faces of their fellow speaking fighters. Of, speaking of present tense, the Hunger Games are written in present tense. Are they? Yeah. I yeah, they are. Did not realize that, and I taught the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, Do you hate ten- that? I didn't like it, but again, it's one strike against. It. I still, I still enjoyed the books. Okay, and you but. were also Katniss. <laughs> you run through the city streets. Um, no, I don't think it was second. It was second. Time. No, it wasn't second person. Um, so, uh, how does this play out? I think let's let's go back and forth, and let's each eliminate one bare naked lady, and then we'll collaborate on the last two. So I'll start. The six bare naked ladies wake up on the island. They're, they're not together. They don't know how they got there. They're not together. They're each in a separate place. Right. But pinned onto them is a note. And this note gives them the rundown. Mm-hmm. You are on this island. You have 24 hours. At the end of 24 hours, the collar that you're wearing will explode mm-hmm. if there's not just one of you left. Mm-hmm. And you'll all die. So you have to kill your friends. There's equipment hidden on this island. The winner gets a record contract <laughs> that you already have, but you must kill the other bare naked ladies. The winner gets a wish. The winner yeah, gets you, a wish. The, the wish, but the wish can't be to bring your friends back. Yes, exactly. Okay. So, um, um, so Kevin Hearn kills, Kevin him, Hearn. kills himself <laughs> immediately <laughs> because he is a, he's better than this. Yeah. Like he just, he finds like a katana in the brush <laughs> yeah, and, and then, then he just like, just... you wouldn't you can do that with a katana. Oh, you would do it with a wakizashi, Something right? Like that, or a, okay. a tanto. But yeah, he uh, he just does one of those things Excuse where he, he puts the blade against his neck and then just slices his jugular, oh, just spraying blood Christ. everywhere. Because you know what? He he's not. Kevin Hearn is a better than this. He is not going to kill his friends yeah. for love, money, or a wish. Okay, done. So Kevin Hearn is out. That's your death. Okay, here's my death. You ready? Mm-hmm. I think the Cregans find each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, they decide we're going to. This is silly. We're not going to kill each other. We're brothers, right? Right. But. Andy Cregan, jealous of Jim's fame. Jim's just walking ahead of him. Andy just executioner style takes him out. So Kevin's down. With what weapon? Jim's With down. Weapon? Oh, he found a pistol. He didn't tell uh, Jim he found a pistol, but he found it. I yeah. was thinking more they 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 get together and they're they're hiding in the brush or something like that. And another bare naked lady's going by and they're like, let's ambush him. So they, they he gets him killed either either by selling him out in the ambush or I feel like a slow strangulation is, is like the way the way one the way Andy kills Jim. No, Andy kills and, Andy. They want to they look into each other's eyes. Okay, just lock gazes right. and then You're just punching up. And All then right, just just okay. Uh, uh, sure. So so oh yeah. Okay. So Andy, and Jim is like Jim's like beating at Andy's arms and just his yeah, weaker, yeah, yeah. his feet are drumming on the yeah, drumming yeah, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. ground. Yeah. I think I think Andy hit him with something heavy and it oh. broke. And so he thought that would kill Jim, but it didn't. And yeah. so now he has to like, oh shit, I gotta finish the job. So he's forced to strangle Jim and look into his eyes as Jim weakly pats at his face, like hand just sliding smears, down. Smears of, the blood, blood oh, on his face. Oh god. Okay, so we're left with four bare ladies. Let's keep going. Your turn. Oh god. So, uh, so we have we have Ed, Steve, Tyler, and Andy left. Well, God, I feel like Tyler was going to do pretty well in this. Oh, absolutely. There's a reason he hasn't been seen yet. He camoed himself up immediately, <laughs> yeah. hiding so Tyler, in the bushes. Tyler strips off his clothes, <laughs> yes. gets into mud like a pre- like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Predator. <laughs> he rolls just around, covers himself so for so sure, that, so that Ed's heat goggles can't. <laughs> 
Yes, absolutely. So Ed is like, Ed's got heat goggles. Uh, Ed's got a Ed's got a hunting rifle. Okay. He's like taking a bead on so, uh, Stephen Page. Ed's been going around capturing supplies. That's yeah, been his main yeah. mission. Ed, Ed, he's Ed he's kitted up. up. He's kitted up. Ed, okay. Ed's up. Okay. Ed's up. <laughs> right. He's got all this experience from all the jobs he's been doing. For sure. For sure. So he's like, I'm gonna fucking rock this. Yeah. I've got like, I've got a wide breadth of experience. So he's taking a yeah. bead on Stephen Page, sure. and then from the shadows behind him. <laughs> Tyler Sorry. comes out with, with like, like a hunting knife. A hunting knife. <laughs> he slits so just slowly throat. slits his throat. So and then just fades back into the darkness. Yes. So here's the question. Does Tyler take all his shit no, or does he want to remain stealthy? Yeah, Tyler would not do that. Ooh, boy. Tyler's got a specific thing. He's sticking to it. Okay, okay. Interesting. He's, okay. He's quiet. Like, no one's like, oh, everyone's like, oh, Tyler's probably already dead. Oh, yeah. Well, Tyler, we'd hear Tyler. He beats those drums. He's a loud boy. But Tyler's got secret skills. Yes. Uh, but see, and I a lot of arm strength. Yes. I feel like we've, we've put a death flag on Tyler because he's the obvious choice to win, so he can't win. Oh, yeah. So let's talk Absolutely. that out. So, so, so Tyler is Tyler's stalking along. Sure. All right. And he and comes then, across. He comes across Kevin Hearn's body. Okay. But it's been arranged to look in a, in a way as if Kevin Hearn didn't kill himself. But it's just to distract Tyler because it's a trap. Okay. So uh, okay. So it's a trap. So so uh, uh, Tyler Tyler's taking a look at, at Kevin's body. Right. He sees that the katana is stuck through the stomach. And then he looks at the body <laughs> he's and like he's that, like, Wait a would, second. You wouldn't kill yourself like you that. You wouldn't kill yourself like that. And he sees that there's a slice along the neck. And at that moment, he puts his head up because he realizes. This is a trap. And then the net from below him lifts up <laughs> and Stephen Page walks out and he says, pike. with a pike, a pike, a Jesus trident, Christ. a trident. Yes, he's got a trident. <laughs> and Stephen says, sorry, Tyler, this, it looks like you've been snared. It's a drum <laughs> pun. Holy shit. Okay. And then as he's about to kill Tyler, that pistol comes to the back of Steven's head, takes a shot. Andy Cregan saves Tyler's life. So now, Tyler's in the net. Andy's down there. He's just executed Steven Page. He holds the gun up to Tyler, and the conversation goes like this. Jesus. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> No, Tyler isn't comedy. He doesn't say, take the shot, Andy. Take, take the, the fucking sh shot. <laughs> it's one of those things where Tyler's like talking to him like, hey, Andy, remember the time we were, we were like, remember when I had your back in that fist fight in, in Dover? Remember that? And then remember Halifax the while, Street? You remember Halifax, Halifax Street? All the, all the while, the camera is like, Closing, closing up on uh, Tyler's hands as he uh -huh. slowly saw because he's got that he's got that army knife. He's oh got sure, that hiding knife. He's slowly yeah, yeah, yeah. sawing. Oh, yeah, through. yeah, yeah. So he's just trying to hold him. Absolutely. He's trying to hold him back. And Andy's just sitting there. He does it. He's like turn the gun slowly turns sideways, <laughs> like gangster it, style. But is it that is it that he's waiting or like he cannot bring himself to do it or like well, he's, he's already he, killed he's his brother? His brother. So so he's just. I think he's lost all humanity. He's at this savoring point. the moment. Oh yes. Oh, he's doing a monologue. Oh yes. Oh, he's villainous like, monologue. Oh, you all thought that you could get away. Poor, leave poor old Andy in the brush. Tyler replaced Andy in the band. Oh this is my so God, this fucking is perfect. perfect. You thought you could replace me, Tyler? No one can <laughs> replace, replace the Cregan. <laughs> and so, so Tyler... He's just smeared with his brother's blood. <laughs> yes, Bare-ass naked. Like fucking uh, um, Lord of the Flies shit here. <laughs> has he has he scalped Andy's red hair <laughs> yes. and is wearing it on He's wearing it. pieces of all the other ladies. <laughs> yes. Bare naked ladies. But so, so Tyler is able to open his net from yep. behind. Falls down the ground. Falls down. And then there's like a sudden like it's a John Woo moment where like Tyler rolls, pulls out a gun that he has, and then they're like face to face, like pistols at each other. And then what happens? Uh, shit, who I wins though? I feel like uh, both of them, both of them, either the pistols misfire or they miss each other. Uh huh. And then it has to it has to go into hand to hand combat. After okay. That. Oh sure, so sure. They're both drummers, so they got a lot of upper body strength. Yeah, it's absolutely. Be so they're just gonna, beating the Tyler's shit. Gonna... They they beat the shit out of each other. They roll down a hill, still fucking just <laughs> punching each other and beating the shit out of each other. And it's got to be one of those things where they get to the edge of a fucking uh, cliff and uh -huh. one of them falls off. We'll say Andy falls off yeah. and Tyler's just holding him. <laughs> and there's yes. like that moment of humanity. Yes. Like, don't let go. Don't let go. Right. Motherfucker, don't let go. And then the soundstage opens up and both of them go, what? And they go, you just got plugged. I'm Ashton Kutcher. You killed four of your best friends for no good reason. Uh, and they both go to jail. Tosh.0. Tosh. Daniel Tosh. That's who it is. So who wins? something cruel enough for Daniel Tosh yes, to do. Ashton Kutcher, I think, is a good person. Daniel Tosh wins the BNL death match, is I think what we're saying. Yeah. He's just still laughing. Yes, that's perfect. That's what his laugh sounds like. Uh, yeah, okay, so that's the that's designer. The yeah, <laughs> Very so, good. So Andy and Tyler 
it's a stalemate, and they both go to jail. Yes, for the very, rest of their lives. Very for good. And neither of them get a wish. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. It's Tosh down. gets the wish. Tosh gets the wish as usual. Oh God. Uh, yeah, he yeah does. that would make the world a worse place. Yeah. I want privilege to continue forever. <laughs> Yay! Hooray! What a nice wish for me. I want to go back to ninety-two. <laughs> Okay, now's the time in the show when we read an iTunes review. Yay, but womp womp. Thank you. Still no new. We have uh, no new iTunes reviews, that so we wonderful. need new iTunes reviews. No, we, we have 15 reviews. We need more reviews. I don't review us five stars or one, one star, star is okay. Nothing in between. And if you leave a one star or five star, leave us a message. Don't just listen to this and leave us reviews. You got to say that you liked it. We want to read your name on well, the air. Here's the thing. I think that anyone who's listening to this episode this deep in our oeuvre <laughs> right. has been either listening for a while. Yes. So I think the one-star reviews are just going to be about our first episode, which sucks. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, all right. Bing bong. You can review us on iTunes. You can get with us on Facebook or you can get with us on Twitter. Get uh, with us. Get with us where it's all been done at been done pod on, on Twitter. Twitter. And, and uh, uh, I believe we are, we are also... also Big boys who can change ourselves for the better. I'm gonna kill myself with a trident tonight. (laughs) Shit, you didn't repeat that. I'm Evan. (laughs) And we'll see you You again again in one week. Oh, here comes a baby boy. Let's get him on the mic. What you got to say, Lucums? Daddy? Say something into the mic. Let's talk about bare naked ladies. Luke, what was your take on You Will Be Waiting? Sucked. It sucked? I am cutting this, but I'm putting it at the end of the episode. <laughs> What's your take on You'll Be Waiting? Sucked. <laughs> That's great. Bye, Lucums. <laughs>